In this solo episode of 2000 Books, five keys to building an exceptional company that will outlast you. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Drawing upon a six-year research project at the Stanford University's Graduate School of Business, Jim Collins and Jerry Porras studied truly exceptional and long-lasting companies and summarized their key findings in this book, Built to Last. In this summary, I will dissect the book and bring out key actionable ideas for you. By the way, in order to better track these awesome ideas we talk about every single week on this podcast, I have started keeping a live spreadsheet of all the key ideas I discuss in this podcast. Now, I've just added the key ideas from today's book and five other great books for entrepreneurs in that spreadsheet, and I'll be adding a lot more of those ideas. So if you want to grab that live spreadsheet, just head on over to 2000books.com ideas and grab it for free. Now, I'm giving it away for free for a limited time, but as more and more people ask for it, I will start selling it. So grab it now while it is still available for free. All right, let's get into it now. Let's talk about Built to Last by Jim Collins, Built to Last. Now, this book is all about the successful habits of visionary companies. Again, it's grounded in solid research done by the authors to figure out what makes these companies last so long, what makes these companies like Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, Marriott, Disney, Hewlett-Packard, how do these companies last for so long, for decades and decades and decades, what triggers these companies to become so great that they continue to endure for decades and even centuries? Um, the fundamental, one of the fundamental ideas in the book or the understandings that you want to get from the book is it's not about a great idea. It's not about building a great product. That's not what it is after. As an entrepreneur, as a starting entrepreneur, you are probably thinking about having the perfect idea. You want to have a great idea in order to get your company started. But, 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 it's really important to understand that it's not really about the great idea. It's about getting started, having, you are building a great company. You're building a visionary company. You're building Uh, an amazing organization. That's what your focus is. And the ideas will come and go and ideas will evolve as the times change. No big company is built on one great idea. The ideas iterate the change. They evolve all the time. Now, understanding that we're trying to build a great company as as an entrepreneur, we're not just trying to build a great product. We're not just after a great idea. How do you go about building a great company? Now, here comes the idea of a very important paradox, the the idea that uh, you're going to have to have a core. You're going to have to have a core, and you're going to have to preserve that core. You're going to have to make sure that that core stays intact, while at the same time, you're going to have to stimulate progress. So two competing ideas here, two paradoxical ideas you preserve the core, but at the same time, you stimulate progress. And it's not like you do one or the other. you got to do both. You preserve the core 
and you stimulate progress. Now, how do you preserve the core? What's, what does it take? What is the core? What is the core of the company? The first component of the core is the ideology, which is composed of the values of the company and the purpose of the company. Now, let's talk about purpose first. What is the purpose? How do you define purpose? It is simple, but it gives a very clear understanding of what the company is about. For example, Walt Disney, the purpose of Walt Disney was bringing happiness to millions. That, is the, that, is, that was the purpose of Walt Disney's company, of Disney, bringing happiness to millions. Merck, what was Merck's, what was Merck's purpose? Merck's purpose was to save and improve lives of the people around the world. Merck's purpose is to save and improve lives of people around the world. That's simple, that's precise, and that's to the point, and that's all that matters. Now let's talk about the values. What are, what, how do you, how do you figure out the, like what, what does it mean to have a core ideology which is composed of values? What does it mean to have values? The key component, the key understanding when it comes to values is you don't have to go and copy the values of Merck or IBM or Walmart or Disney or Hewlett-Packard or Apple or whoever it is. You don't go and take values of some company. What is really crucial about values is they need to be authentic. They need to be about the way who you are. It's all about who you are and how strongly you believe in those values rather than try to come up with the best possible values. It's not about the best possible values. It's about being true to your own unique individual values, to your to the values that you want this company to imbibe. So as an entrepreneur, you want to be very clear how authentic are these values to yourself, to the company that you're trying to build. There are no perfect values. The question is, what are the values you believe in? And then go after them. Because if you look at the values of all the different companies, you'll find a whole spectrum. While Walmart is all about frugality and um, stuff like that, Apple is all about simplicity and design, and then uh, Merck is, has service. It, it's so many different values are involved. You cannot just assume that there's one perfect value for everything. So it's a value is so important to be authentic. It's really important to have authentic values. And it doesn't have to be unique. It doesn't have to be unique from other people's values, but it has to be your own. It has to be your own. They have to be your own. And again, going back to the idea of the purpose, the purpose is not something you are ever done with. The purpose is like a guiding star. So something like bringing happiness to millions in the case of Disney, that's not something that'll ever be done. That's something that's always happening. It's always going to be a guiding star for the company. It's always going to be a goal that's never fulfilled, but always keeps us um, motivated to do our very best. The other key component of preserving the core of the core is the company culture. And some of these great companies, these companies that have been built to last, have very cult-like cultures. We might have heard of the Nordstrom culture, the Nordies culture, and the key components of a culture of this great of this crazy culture are that there's an indoctrination process and then there's a tightness of fit and there's elitism now in Nordstrom uh, people have heard that they uh, get together at 7 a.m. meetings and they chant stuff like um, I, I can do it and uh, I will do it for Nordstrom and they will chant affirmations and things like that that's all part of the indoctrination process for employees of Nordstrom they have to be indoctrinated into these affirmations and things like that then tightness of fit in Nordstrom, it's all about like, 
if they will always be uh, rewarding you if you are within the fit of the company and um, um, punishing you if you're not within the fit. And over time, the people who fit the culture will filter themselves in, while the people who are not will filter themselves out. The other idea is there's elitism in the whole Nordstrom culture. They think they're elite. They will um, express this uh, in their internal communication that in, they are Nordies, they are elite uh, people. Not necessarily in the customer communication. Of course, for them, customer service is king. It's everything. But internally, they believe they're elites. So a cult-like culture is a very important component, a very powerful component of these great companies. Similarly, uh, a cult-like culture is there at IBM, at, uh, was done at Disney, and a lot of other companies as well. Now, understanding that we have these core ideology, the values and the purpose and the culture that will not change. The values, the culture, and the purpose will not change over time. But there are things that must evolve over time. There are things that must change over time. And the first thing that will change over time is your goals. And what you want to do is have big, hairy, audacious goals, what is called BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. Now, these BHAGs, they have to be clear, they have to be compelling, and you have to be 100% committed to them. You cannot be partly committed to them. These goals are something that charge you up. Now, let's take an example of a BHAG that happened in this country. Now, this is not an organization that, um, this is not a company per se, but this is what Kennedy did when in uh, 1961 he said, we should plan, we should as a nation commit ourselves to sending man, to landing man on the moon and getting him back safely. So was that clear? Was there a goal clear enough? And he said in this decade, so there was a deadline. Was it a clear goal? Yes. Land a man on the moon and get him back. Was it compelling? Very compelling at that time when the Cold War is at its peak. Yes. Was it commitment? Yes. He said, within this decade, we must get it done before 1970. Did it charge people up? Of course it did. The whole nation was charged up by the idea of uh, getting a man on the moon. And was it bold? Was it unreasonable? Hell yeah. It was bold. It was very bold. It was almost to the point where it was unreasonable. It was beyond the comfort zone. It had never been done, never been even tried by anyone. And man was man landed on the moon. So really powerful that we had these big, hairy, audacious goals. We have to create these big, hairy, audacious goals for our company's culture, for our companies uh, to, to stimulate progress, to become a company that will be built to last. The other big idea, the other big idea is in stimulating progress is never good enough. We're never good enough. We're never done. We're always challenging the comfort zone. The the end goal, the end game is not comfort. Comfort is not the goal. Comfort will never be the goal of a company that's that's built to last, the company that's great. And that's never the goal for, for you and I who are ambitious entrepreneurs. We are not after comfort. We want to do great things. And uh, an example of this is the story of a um, black belt um, uh, of the student who goes up to his teacher and says, I think I'm ready for black belt. And the teacher says, what does the black belt mean to you? And the student says, the black belt to me means the end of a journey. And the teacher says, you're not ready for black belt. Go back. Come back to me a year later. So the year, he waits for a year and then he comes back again. He's, he, again, the teacher asks, what does the black belt, black belt mean to you? And the student says, it means that I have achieved the highest honor, the highest distinction. 
And the teacher says, no, you're not ready yet. Come back a year later. And now again, the student is really disappointed. But he comes back a year later and the teacher asks him, so what, is, what does the black belt mean to you? And now the student says, well, it is the beginning of a journey, an endless journey of, st- of a progress of endless improvement and making progress and becoming better and better and better. And that's when the, the teacher says, now you are ready to be a black belt because you realize it's the journey, not the destination. Another example of, um, of never good enough is the idea of Walmart's beat yesterday. What Sam Walton started was he started a ledger where he would uh, he gave his executives these uh, tables with the with the sales numbers from the previous year on the same dates on the same dates and he asked them to beat the last year. So always be beating the last year. That was his motto and the it was called the beat yesterday ledger. And it was always stimulating progress because they're always telling the management team, we're never good, it's never good enough. We're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be stepping out of our comfort zone, but that's what this company is all about. That's what we're supposed to do. The fifth thing, the really important part of this whole process, which is stimulating the progress, is to keep on trying, to keep on trying. And Walmart and the story of Sam Walton, uh, you've probably seen that video that we have put up, but Sam Walton... Um, was in no way a guy who had this big strategic vision of and he had it all figured out. No, it was an evolutionary process. It was not like a creation of this one great giant company. Reading his biography, you realize that the whole Walmart concept, it evolved as he went. It evolved and evolved and evolved. And one thing that was great about Sam Walton was that he did not, he did not worry about making mistakes. He was always into stuff. He was always trying new things. He ran a lot of experiments and a lot of the experiments failed. But the ones that worked, he would bet the farm on them because they were working. So that's the way it works. And even Hewlett Packard, uh, one of the things they say is that um, we bet on a lot of experiments. We'll try a hundred little experiments. Out of them, maybe five or six will succeed. The remaining will fail. And we will keep on trying. We'll keep on trying because what we really want to do is find those five or six percent of the uh, things that will succeed, and we'll bet a whole lot of money on those things. We'll bet we'll put a lot more money in. So we'll keep on trying these little bets. A really interesting book, if you want to understand this, uh, to read about is Little Bets. That's all about keeping on trying, on trying, trying, trying. Because with these little bets, we keep on evolving. Another example of this keep on trying is Johnson and Johnson. Now, uh, Johnson & Johnson in the 1890s, when they were the supplier for uh, medical, equip- medical gaze, um, antiseptic gaze and medic- medical plasters, what they found out was the doctors were complaining that people were getting rashes and stuff like that. So one of the directors at Merck, he sent, uh, at Johnson & Johnson, he sent the doctor some talcum powder, and the doctor saw some great results. But slowly, the patients started asking for this talcum powder. They started wanting to buy this uh, directly. Initially, it was just being sold with the case, but now patients wanted it just off the counter. So Johnson & Johnson started selling that. What they found out was over time, even though Johnson & Johnson started as a medical supplies company, over time, it, 44% of its business came from um, consumer goods. So that is kind of the way a lot of the great companies will evolve. They will keep on trying stuff. 
They'll keep on failing or succeeding. They'll bet on the things that succeed. They'll discard the things that fail. And they'll keep on figuring it out. Again, keep on keep trying something that is now seen with Amazon as well. Of course, Amazon is not part of this uh, study by uh, Jim Collins, but um, Jeff Bezos talks a lot about how trying is such an essential component of Amazon. You can uh, see that in the in the interview in the summary we did on Jeff Bezos's um, uh, biography as well, or Amazon's um, story as well. So there we have it. Built to Last by Jim, by Jim Collins. Really important to understand this paradox of preserving the core and stimulating progress. Understanding that your values and your purpose and your culture will not, should not, will not change while other things, while you have to continue to push forward and continue to change, continue to evolve. So my ambitious friends, have you grabbed the live spreadsheet yet? Here's the deal. In order to better track these awesome ideas we talk about every single week on this podcast, I've started keeping a live spreadsheet of all the key ideas I discuss in this podcast. Now, I've just added key ideas from today's book and five other great books in that spreadsheet, and I'll be adding a lot more. So if you want to grab that live spreadsheet, just head on over to 2000books.com slash ideas. Now, the great thing about live is that once you have the link to that spreadsheet, you can come back to it two weeks from now, two months from now, and find new books and new ideas there. Now, that is cool, isn't it? Okay, so I'm giving it away for free for a limited time. But as more and more people ask for it, I will start selling it. So my recommendation to you is grab it now while it is still free. You can get it for free at 2000books.com slash ideas. All right, well, until next time, my ambitious friends. Go out and do something great with your life.